Come on, put those hands together for the Lord. Somebody put those hands together for the Lord. I believe I have an excited soul here this morning. Hallelujah. Are you excited to be in church? I love you, Lord. You remember the song? For your mercy never fails. All my days have been melt in your hands. From the moment I awake till I lay my hand, I will see of the goodness of God. All my life, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, all my life, you have been so, so good. Because you first loved us. Yes. And we celebrate you from the depth of our hearts. For all the wonderful things you have done. We thank you today. In Jesus name we pray. Somebody shout the louder. Amen. Can you please be seated? Oh yeah. Clap your hands somebody. 
I want to welcome all those who are joining online this morning. Um, I trust in the Lord that it's going to be a great time together. Um, today is a special Sunday for us uh, because of you. Say, because this Sunday is special because of me. Hallelujah. Okay, so uh, living God's dream was what we shared last week. It's still a series I'm, I'm running with you. Today I'm talking about unconditional love. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. Unconditional love is a love that has no strings attached. It's a love that has no condition for it to be met. So John 3.16, New Living Translation actually says for this is how god loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have what eternal life everyone say with me everyone now when you use the word everyone is there a condition there no, he just says everyone. So whether you are good, you are bad, you are ugly, you are beautiful, whether you are tall or short, you are fat or slim, we even regardless of the tribe you are from, the Bible says that God loved everyone and um, he gave his son to die for all of us. Say with me, all of us. Romans chapter 5 verse 6, New Living Translation. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for raw sinners. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came and died for all sinners. Verse 7. Now, most people will not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone, in my, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. Verse 8 then says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still do you understand the word there? whilst we were what? still sinners whilst we were still sinners that's when Jesus came to lay down his life for us Amen now we can see the type of love that God has for us whilst we were still sinners. When we don't even know him as God. When we don't even know him as Savior. Whilst we're there doing last night, DJ saved my life. Ooh. How many of you used to be in the club before? You used to be in the club. Oh, now you have forgotten. No, be honest. How many of you have been to the club that you used to? At least you have been to the club. One, two. Okay. When you used to go to the club, what are they? Do you used to dance there? All right. Last night, DJ saved my life. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. And whilst you are there doing the last night, DJ saved my life. Jesus will, will be looking at it. I'm the real person that saved your life. <laughs> How can a DJ save your life? I am the one that saved your life. 
Alright? I want to see how sometimes even people sing some love song for a lady. You are my African queen. The love of my life. You are my sugar and chocomilo. The love of my and you are there. there. Oh, even some sisters after that glittering. Maybe, maybe somebody said, maybe somebody said something to you. I know. And, or some people will send some, I love you, babe. I can swim across the ocean. And I will carry a cube of sugar to be delivered to you. I'm not afraid of the shark. I will swim to the most shark-infested water. Just to say, hi, baby. Wow. But the real love is found in the expression of Jesus for us. Hallelujah. Bible says, whilst we were still sinners, it died for us. Now, having that understanding, the Bible then said that when you became born again, the Holy Spirit came and filled you with the love of God. Every child of God at new birth is filled with the love of God. Now, the nature of God's love is unconditional love. The nature of the love you have when you became a child of God is also what? An unconditional love. So that love of God is seeking expression in our life. Every child of God, the Holy Spirit filled you at new birth with the love of God. Amen. We have the love of God. Say with me, I have the love of God. Say with me, I have the love of God. Hallelujah. Now, the love of God in the life of a believer is majorly for two purposes. How many purposes? Two. Number one, let's talk about the purpose of the love of God. Number one, the love of God in us is to have compassion for the lost. The love of God in us is there so that we can have compassion for who? The lost. Luke chapter 10. I would like you to look into Luke with me if you have your Bible open. Those of you who are online too. Luke 10 verse 25. Luke chapter 10 verse 25. Here we are going to read the story of a man who came, a lawyer. New Living Translation actually calls him a lawyer. He came to Jesus. It's a long story, but I just wanted to read something. Because he was a religious person who knows the law. You know, there are two groups of people that Jesus had to contend with. The Pharisees and the sad to see. I call them the sad to see because they are always very sad to see. Now, what's the difference between the two of the group? Pharisees believe in the supernatural. They believe that there is life after death. They believe in hell. They believe in heaven. They believe 
in the resurrection of the dead. Meanwhile, and to be a Pharisee means to be righteous. So they always believe that they are righteous. The second group of people were actually the very, they were the richer guy. They were the elite of the society, religious elite. They are the, call, the one that are called the sad to see or sad to see, like I used to like to call them. These ones believe that, you know, there is no hell, there is no heaven, everything hence here. They don't believe in the supernatural. And today, there are a lot of sad to see. We realize that the richer people get, and the more medical science can provide solution to their, to their problem, the more they become a sad to see. In fact, if you are to group the world into these two groups of people, I would say that you'll find more Pharisees in Africa and you'll find more Sadducees in Europe and America. Think about it, really. Think about it. Yeah, we are very religious. We believe in the supernatural. We believe everything is from the pit of hell. We believe Oguanye, you know, demon, family curse, you know. Then, on the other end, no, why? Because they can go to the doctor. The doctor can find out, um, you know, everything you know they can fly to the moon so they don't they don't they see us as extreme so i think europe and america majorly will be sadducee group you'll find more pharisees here in africa but so this day this man came to jesus and uh, the bible said the intention was to really find out something from him because he asked him i've been keeping the law and everything so what do you have to say so let's go to luke chapter 10 verse 25 New Living Translation. One day, an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Remember, his question is about eternal life. So the one who believe in eternal life, which group of people do you think it belongs? Sadducee or Pharisee? Sadducee or Pharisee? Pharisee, because he believed in afterlife. Good. So now you are getting there. Verse 26, Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man said, look at what he said. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, in the book of Matthew, the Bible says that this is the old commandment and the law. Loving God, loving your neighbor. Then Jesus said, right. Jesus told him, do this and you will have eternal life. Do this and you will live. In other words, if you just focus on loving God and loving your neighbor, all right, you will have eternal life. You will inherit the kingdom of God. This is the summary. Then verse 29, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Now we have to neighbors who is my neighbor so the the first neighbor that jesus pointed out to him is this verse 30 jesus replied with a story a jewish man was traveling from jerusalem down to jericho and he was attacked by bandits remember he was a jewish man is a jew all right he was attacked by bandits they stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. Verse 31. By chance, a priest came along. 
But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant, a Levite, walked over, looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. We are going to pause there. A despised Samaritan. Now, you need to understand why the Bible used the word, that adjective, to, uh, to qualify this Samaritan. Despite, because you see, if you want to know the, if you want to divide your Bible, you, even if you don't know all the years that the events happened in the Bible, let me tell you how to do that. You can start from Abraham. So we have BC and AD. Let me just give you the, the most important timeline that can help you understand the duration of events in the Bible. Very simple. So Abraham was called the 2000 BC. That's where, so we counted from Abraham to Jesus, then from Jesus upward. So Abraham's period was 2000 BC. Moses, 1500 BC. So between Abraham and Moses is 500 years. Then from Moses to Davidic era is another. So David era is 1000 BC. I'm trying to help you divide the Bible timeline so that you can know. So Abraham is what? 2000 BC. Moses? Yeah, 1500 BC. So the event that happened between Abraham and Moses, you will know that there are events that the summary of that timeline will be 500 years. Simple. Between Moses so, and David, we have 1000. So David era is 1000 BC. So that means that from Moses again to David is how many years? Moses to David, how many years? Abraham to David is how many years? Mm -hmm. Abraham to David is how many years? 1,000 years. Right? Abraham is 2,000. David is 1,000. Moses is how many? 1,500. That's the calendar here. Now, after once you understand those three timelines, Abraham, Moses, and what? David. The most important, again, that you need to understand is 722 BC. 722 BC has something to do with this scripture we just read. What happened in 722 BC? That was when the era of Solomon, after Solomon, all right? So, you know, after Solomon, Solomon gave birth to a son called Rehoboam. And people came to Rehoboam and said, are you going to treat us well? He said, no, we are not, I'm not going to treat you well, blah, 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 and they moved. So 722 BC was the year the king of Assyria came and carried the divided kingdom. So Israel was divided into two. We have the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. So we, the southern kingdom, we have Judah, the tribe of Judah. That's where you have Jerusalem and um, Judah was there. But the northern kingdom, you have all the other 10 tribes. Now, you will have heard people talk about the lost tribe of Israel, the lost tribe of Israel. Because you see, what happened in 722 BC was that the king of Assyria came, invaded the northern kingdom and took all the people away all the Israelites away and brought people from another country to settle down there in 722 BC. That was when that event happened. 
So they, 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 another group of people came to settle down in the ten tribes. So they settled down there. So people like Jeremiah, that prophet Jeremiah and those ones, they were actually preaching to the northern kingdom. Daniel belongs to the southern kingdom. These were the people that moved to Babylon. So from the time when they moved, the Bible then focused on the southern kingdom. That was why you then, because 130 years later, the southern kingdom too, Nebuchadnezzar took them away to Babylon. But those were the people that Daniel era were now prophesying to, and those were the ones that came back. So now, the, the, the two tribes, that was Judah, became the only set of Jews. All right, so now, when they came back to their land, they knew that these 10 tribes are not the original Jews. So anytime you then read some, anytime they come, you do hear somebody from Samaria, because Samaria became the capital of Israel in the northern kingdom. They, they looked at them and said, you this alien. You are, not, you, are, they, you are just settlers. So the Jews in the southern kingdom, they despise the northern kingdom because of the history of the fact that they knew that their people were taken away and these were now people that were brought back to form. So anytime you see the Bible, anytime you see Samaria, the Jews don't like people from that side because they don't see them as their people. They despise them. It reminds them of the tragedy that took place when they were, their own people were moved. So the, this, the Bible is now talking about the man who then came to help the Jews who don't like him. Remember, Jews don't like Samarians. So the Samarian man forgot about the fact that this man lying in the pool of blood is a man who hates me, who hates my, my people, who don't want anything to do with me. But right now he saw the man in the pool of blood and he was the one that showed mercy to the man. That was why we call the story the story of the good Samaritan. Now, let's focus on the two people. The first one, the priest, saw the man in the pool of blood, his own brother. He saw his own brother who was a fellow Jew in the pool of blood, but he was so concerned about the fact that I'm going to church. I'm going to church. I'm late. Today is Sunday. I have to go and preach. So he was on his way to go and preach. Then the Levi can be said to be church workers. Church workers. These are highly spiritual people. And they saw the man in the pool of his blood. The Bible said he took a look at him. He took a, and then what did he do? He just continued in his journey. Because if he felt that he had no obligation attending to him, his obligation is to just go and minister to God in the church. Today, we as children of God, we need to rise above this extreme. Not having the eyes that see the lost. The Bible says in Luke chapter 19 verse 10, Give me Luke chapter 19 verse 10. Say, so this is the purpose why the Son of Man came. To seek and to save that which was lost. If you're a child of God, you have the love of God in you. But you are waiting for the lost to come. There is no way in the Bible, the Bible says that, wait for the lost to come to you. But rather he said, go ye, go and seek them, look for them. Do you realize that the love of God in us, if it's not finding expression, 
in seeing people that are in the pool of blood in sin, in seeing people that the devil has battered, but we have become so religious that when you see someone who is lost in sin, we rather join the world to look down on them and walk away. Or you see them saying, oh, something like, Ashawol, God is Ashawol, Siam, Siam, Siam. No. The world may look down on them, but you and I, we have one obligation to the lost, and that obligation is that to have compassion. To have compassion. If your heart is not moved when you see the lost, you should be worried. If you are not witnessing to people, you should be worried. If you are not telling people about the Lord, you should be worried. Something is not right. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, so you too must love the world. I remember when we had a Christmas outreach. And by the grace of God, I'm believing God that this year we are still going to have it again. Oh, we are going to have it. You know, that particular Christmas outreach, I decided we're going to go to the brothel. We looked for a brothel where all these prostitutes and allots were, and we took our food there. I told myself and my team, why should we sit down at home and eat? Christmas is about sharing the love of Jesus. So we dressed up, we took our food there, and, they, and we told them we are coming to celebrate Christmas with not expect to come and have Christmas party with prostitutes in the brothel. But I sat with them. We brought our food and drink. And you know, we were just chatting together. They were so happy. You know, because today's Christians sees them like that man in the pool of blood as people we should just spit on and walk away. What if they are your own biological children? What will you do? They are some of these children. They are people that God died for. But you see, we can be so religious like those Pharisees and the Levites that all we think that makes a Christian is to just come and shout, Hosea, Hosea. And that is it. No, it's an error. It's a mistake. They, they said to Jesus, oh yeah, clap if you want to clap. Glory be to God. Do you know what they... They looked at Jesus and said, why is it eating with sinners? Luke 19. They said, why is it? Give me a look. Luke 19 one, please. Luke 19 one. Luke 19 one. Just look at it now. Luke chapter 19 verse 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Verse 2. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publican, and he was rich. Verse 3. And he saw Zacchaeus was the chief of Agberu. What we call maybe like the MCO Luomo of Agbiru. You understand? You see, these are the chief. That's Zacchaeus. They call, when you say public and that's so. This is the MCO Luomo or whatever the name of the Agbiru, chief of Agbiru, your area is. So that's Zacchaeus. So Jesus said, and Jesus was, and, and sought to see Jesus, but he, he was Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because it was little touch of verse 4. All right, this Agbiro was interested in Jesus and he ran before and climbed up onto a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. Verse 5, look at it. And when Jesus saw, came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, look at what Jesus said to this man. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. I am coming to eat in your house. I'm coming to abide in your house. He said, 
And how do you think that that's what Zacchaeus would have said? No, verse 6. Look at verse 6. Verse 6. And he made this and came down and received him. How do you think he would have received Jesus? Zacchaeus. Because the Bible calls him the chief of the Agbaros, the chief of Babylon. So he said, Yes, he would have used that voice. You know, he would have said, Jesus, Twale. Ah, Jesus, And will have called him. You will have called maybe his boy. Well, for me, Shanti, for me, Shanti, for me, Shanti. Let's go. Jesus is coming to my house. And what do you think he would have done? He would have called all the others at the rose around him and said, Do you know that prophet? Which prophet is that? That prophet called Jesus is coming to my house. And someone said, Iran, you. You mean Jesus is coming to your house? I mean, no more religious. But we are not church lady. I'm not churchy. We are going to church today. Jesus buy your house. You understand? You need to understand what was going on here. These are people who don't have any religious accent. They've not been to the temple. They were the rejected, the dejected, the oppressed people, the castaway of the of the society because they were collecting taxes. They were the agbaros. And Jesus said, not only am I going to preach with you, I'm coming to eat in your house. Verse 7, look at it in verse 7. Verse 7, and when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be a guest with a man that is what? A sinner. With a man that is a sinner. He's going to be a guest. Where did he get the money? To host Jesus. It was from the money of, if you don't give me money now, if I punch your face, if I, ah, give me money, John, what's wrong with you? Ah, whoa, whoa, ah, you know, that was the money he used to prepare the pepper soup for Jesus. That was the money he used to cook rice for Jesus. That was the money he used to prepare. And you know, that day, I can imagine all this uncultured, all this un, 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 um, unreligious people surrounding Jesus. And Jesus was just sitting down there. Verse 8. Verse 8. Look at it. Look at verse 8. Verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. If I've taken anything from any man by false accusation. That was the kind of life he was living. Collecting people... Don't you see, those of you who are in Lagos, don't you see how they collect money from, even they will even remove the wiper, destroy their vehicle, if you don't want to give them the money. That was who Zacchaeus was. But Jesus loved Zacchaeus. What do you do to the Zacchaeus around your life? We all come across Zacchaeus every day. This week you came across Zacchaeus. And some of us will give the excuse. When I entered the bus, my heart was beating. Papa, I don't know what to say. Say it anyhow. Because this is what it means to be a Christian. To care for the Zacchaeus. The world may condemn them, but we are commanded to love Zacchaeus. We are commanded to show them love. This is what Christianity is all about. So the moment we become introspective, that all we do is to look at ourselves. We, we only want to do things that we are comfortable with those who dress like christians talk like christian praise god hallelujah glory be to god but when you see those who don't know jesus you look down you don't have the love of god the love of god has a big question in your hearts as christmas is coming every child of god we need to be thinking how can i show the love of god to these people for the first time you know we went to the uh, police people in our area here 
We are hosting them for the end of the year. Uh, the, poli the, the entire police station in our area here, we are hosting them end of the year um, get together Christmas get together for the, all the police in our community. All right. Yeah, that's what we are doing. And I was so glad the DPO agreed and everything. And you know, on that day, we are going to go there dancing, lay hands, pray for them. And then you will see the police in their uniform falling under their anointing. I told my team, they will fall under their anointing, praying in tongues, speaking in tongues. You know, now, but you say, hey, but you know, how can you go and talk to police? How can you go and meet police? Well, I know you see them as bad people, but you see, just let them go on strike on one day, then you know they are bad. But how can they be better? It's by showing them love. Yes. Not by running away from them. When you see where society is today, we Christians are responsible. We stop showing the love of God. You see, sometimes when we go for outreach on Saturday, you see, it's one of the least attended events. Only a few people come around, but you prefer to come to church on Sunday. No. Coming to church should be a celebration of, oh, that's my soul. That's my friend. That's my Zacchaeus. That's my, that's my, that's my friend that I brought. This is the person I witnessed to. If you are not winning, so you are missing the whole essence of the love of God. You are wasting it. Because they deserve to be loved. Lift up your right and say, I will love the lost. Like Jesus loved them. Say, I will love the lost. Say, this week, I will bring many to Christ. Hallelujah. Put your hand together for Jesus. The next expression of the love of God is to nurture community. To nurture community. To nurture community. James chapter 3 verse 18. Message Bible, please. Give me message Bible. James 3, 18. Message Bible. It says, You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy the results. Only if you do the hard work, look at it, it calls it hard work, of getting along with each other, treating, treating other with dignity and honor. Do the hard work of getting along with each other. Treating others with dignity and honor. We are going to come to that. Go to Acts chapter 2 verse 44 with, with me please. Acts chapter 2 verse 44. You can still leave it in message translation. Acts chapter 2 verse 44. Alright. And um, look at when the Holy Ghost came. Look at what happened among the believers that the Holy Ghost fell upon. And all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony. Holding everything in common. Verse 45. Verse 45. We're going to all the way to verse 47. Okay. They sold whatever they owned. And pulled their resources. So that each person's need was met. So that each person's need. They were living together. Now. So that each person's need was met. Verse 46. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple. Followed by meals at home. So they go to church together to, to worship God. And by the time service is over, they all go to each other's house. Hey, we are going to Brother Lumine's house today. And we'll just go there to eat. Then next Sunday is Sister Gift House we are coming to. Then we are going there to eat. Then upper Sunday, we are going to Sister Faith's house. So after service, people don't go home. They go to other people's house. They are just there eating together, watching movies together, playing together. This is how they were living their lives. Every meal is celebration, exuberant, and joyful. This is the first church. 
This was how they were living their life. The seven, or the seven, as they praised God, people generally like what they saw. Do you see how they were winning souls? See, as they, as they were going about, people said, no, I like these people. That was why they called them Christians. Because, you see, they saw a group of people whose lifestyle were different from what they knew. Every day, their number grew as God added to those who were saved. How was their number growing? Because people loved what they saw. Now, go back to verse 45. Look at what verse 45 said again. They sold whatever they own and pulled their resources so that each person need was met. Do you see that we don't have such thing in today's church anymore? See, somebody will go and sell his house. Why are you selling in your house? Say, because in my group, all right, this person wants to travel out. This person needs a um, school fees. So they will sell their property, not because they want to meet their own need, but they want to be able to help one another. No, do we see that in today's church anymore? No, it has changed. So do you know when somebody says, I am going to church, what they are saying, I am actually, what they, say, what they are saying is that I am going to the building where they worship. So we now think that, you see, church is a place we only gather in a building. Then when we give our offering and our tithes and everything, we go back home individually. But is that what we see here? Is that how the church was designed? No. Don't you think it would be so nice when we close, all right, today's service, some group of 10 people, they are saying, where are you going? Oh, we are going to Brother Jackson's house. He's hosting us today. And everybody, this one, on their way, they buy their Coke, they buy their bread, and they are there. After Sunday service, they are just there chatting with, in Brother Jackson's house, playing Ludo together, playing what together. They prayed and they go back home. Don't you think that is a better community? Yeah. This is what the devil is trying and has succeeded in some areas to take away from the church. So we now think that church is only a place where we just gather and worship. Then everybody will be saying, amen, amen, amen. We worship. It's about God, but not about our neighbor. So today's church is about me and God, not me, God, and my neighbor. So we've removed the part of love your neighbor as yourself. And we all we do in the church today when we gather is love God. So everything is about God. So we care less ab about one another. We don't care about one another. Do you know it's so bad that it's only Sunday, Sunday. Some people say I. If you want to doubt, ask your neighbor. When was the last time you say I to me? No, no. Ask your neighbor. Say, when was the last time you said I to me? No, you don't want to ask your neighbor. Say, ask your neighbor, when was the last time you said I to me? No, get an answer. You realize that some, even when the person sat down, he did not even say I to you. The person just sat down like a log of wood. Do you know why? Because it's only when you get to church you meet. It's only when you get to this building, uh, you, you talk, you shake hands. And after that initial shaking of hands, till next Sunday again, nothing happens between all of us. But so, in other sense, we are only celebrating the building, but we don't celebrate one another. That is not the church of Jesus Christ. Oh, I said that is not the church of Jesus Christ. The church is about you and I. It's about community. It's about, it's about relationship building. Amen. I don't know what is happening to my sound, okay? 
It's about relationship building. It's about forming a community that when people see it, they will give their life to Christ. So we don't only preach by carrying Bible. We preach through the way we live as community of believers. How we live among ourselves is a message in its own. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? Now, I want you to know why it's important. So let's quickly look at something. How do we build a stronger community? Thank you. How do we build a stronger community among ourselves as believers? Now that we know that the church is not just about coming, taking offering, it is an anomaly for us to just disappear and until next Sunday before we say hi to ourselves. And the culture of going to one another's houses on Sunday to just relax and talk about what happened in church today, are you blessed? That is what we call small groups. That's what we call small groups. That's what happens in our small groups. And you see, we must fight every devil that does not want our small groups to be stronger. That's what we call house fellowship. That's the concept of house fellowship. Going back, so our fellowship is not another church, all right? Our Royal Care Fellowship for instance, in church is a place of building community. That's the purpose. We share, you know, we, we, you ask, you know, when pastor said this in service today, I did not really understand. They said, oh, actually what happened is that this is what I feel. He said, no, oh, then you discuss it. Then whilst we are discussing, say, so what did you all bring? Oh, me, I bought bread for you, Brother Sunday. Oh, me, I brought chocomilo for you. Me, I bought bombita for you. Okay, so let's, let's take it together. I remember, you know, I had some groups of friends that after we closed from school, we go to one another's house. And do you know how we drink? We put the gari, we, 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 we didn't have someone, we put the gari in a big bowl, put the water there and the granite there. And, you know, we will be there drinking the gari together. It's always fun and you know there are times that there is no even enough gary what we have is sugar and the gary is not much we i remember as students we will bring out our pen and we remove the pen and we put the gary on the paper and we are there you know just sipping the gary how many of you remember that style we just sip the gary together and sometimes the gary will go the wrong way and you know whilst you are sitting <coughs> somebody is not minding you just going his own <laughs> he's praying that he, but it's fun but today, that is not what we have in the church. So, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. I will read from New Century Version. Those of you in the, in, in the media team, you can always get New Century Version online. BibleGateway.com, you get it. There. New Century Version, it says, Although I hope I can come to you, 1 Timothy 3, 14, I can come to you soon. I am writing these things so, that, so you will know, then even if I am delayed, you will know how to live in the family of God. The family of God is the church of the living God, the support and the foundation of the truth. So the church is actually called the family of God, not the building of God. So when we lose that family bond in the church, we are no longer in a healthy church. When there is no family structure in the church, where we can really, really see ourselves as family, that church is not the standard of the church that Jesus died for. So the church that Jesus died for is a church that is the family of God. They behave like a family. They care for one another like a family. They love one another like a family. 
And do you know why? Because there is a stronger bond called the blood of Jesus that is binding them together. Amen. Now, what is the key to building this strong family relationship or community? Number one is honoring one another. Honor one another. I think in this sermon, honor one another. I will still read from New Century Version. Philippians 2 verse 2 says, If so, make me very happy by having the same thought, sharing the same love, and having one mind and purpose when you do things. Do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble and give more honor to others than to yourself. Be humble and give honor to one another, uh, to yourself. Honor is actually having genuine respect and admiration for one another. Do you know where the word, hey, brother XYZ, brother Joseph, brother sister Tose, brother, 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 brother Toby, and uh, sister Jennifer, do you know why we call ourselves brother? It's one of the ways, number one, to really know that we are family. Number two, to express honor for one another. To express genuine honor for one another. You see, when people are not happy in, in, in a community, in a church, one of the things that disappears is honor. They throw honor out of the window. Well, you see, nothing should make you ever dishonor your neighbor. Honor. Moses, the Bible, God calls Moses the meekest man on earth. The meekest on earth. And yet, Moses was the one that negotiated with Pharaoh for the children of Israel to come out. Moses was highly honored and respected before God. But do you know one thing? One day, Moses sent for a group of people. All right? He sent for them to come. Because he heard that they were doing something wrong. And do you know what they told Moses? They sent a messenger back to Moses that, Tell him, we will not come. He said, we are not coming. God was so angry with them. How can you dishonor this man? You've forgotten who he represents in your life because you are no longer happy. And do you know that eventually God had to cause the ground to open up and swallow them up? Why? Because they dishonor the man that God gave to them. You see, I have seen actually also children do this to their parents too. You see some children today say, I can never wash my daddy's clothes. I mean, why should I wash? My daddy washes clothes, I wash my clothes. I can my mother will now I'm a big girl. My mother cannot send me on errand. Some, you know, I remember visiting one of our um, sisters, uh, one of our sisters, uh, um, their, those days their, their mother used to use um, wood to prepare afufu and stuff like that. And these were fine, beautiful girls. But do you know what I admire about those girls was that. Even though they were like the girls that boys would like to be around and the rest. They would still carry the wood on their head to go and... In fact, those days they would be looking everywhere to get wood for their mother to make the fufu. And I told them, I said, you are wise children. Because you see, some will say me. So that my classmates will not see me. Alright? 
So to even say to yourself that my mother sells fufu or help the mother with what she's doing, some will be very shy. All right? No. I, I, you know, the story of the lady who, who after our, our service, the mother said, come and help me where she's selling beans. And I said, no, 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 mommy, I've, I've finished school. I'm now graduated. I've just cleaned myself. How can I be selling beans with you? But it was that beans money that sent her to school. It was that beans money that paid all her school fees till she finished. Now, because you are now wearing NYSU uniform or you have graduated, you say you cannot. So the mother angrily, mothers don't let your children push you to that point. Parent angrily said to her, you will sell beans in life. So you will sell beans. That was the cost the mother placed on her. And, you know, after some time, she gets jobs, she loses a job, she gets jobs, she loses a job. Eventually, the only business that worked for her was to sell beans. Oh, she sold that beans big time. You see, never let dishonor find its way into your heart. Now that maybe somebody has done you something wrong in church, you stand there and for hours and you are discussing the person. You discuss and discuss. You run the person down. You paint the person black. You do this. No, that is dishonor. But the same you see the person physically and you laugh. <laughs> Hello, brother X. Why is it brother Jackson? How are you? That's dishonor. What if Brother Jackson is wrong? I'm not saying Brother Jackson is not right, but honor means what I, what I do in your presence is what I will do in your absence. Yeah. Honor means if who, who I am when you are not there is still the same person I am when you are there. So I don't only respect you because I can see you. Even behind you, I still respect you. Yeah. And if there are genuine things that wants to spoil your relationship, you go to the person. If you honor someone, you go to the person and call this thing you did yesterday really hurts me. And you know, I, I didn't feel okay with it. And you discuss it. But now, some of us, what we do is that we don't discuss with the person. In fact, we shake hands with the person. But behind for a whole day, you are just there talking and talking and talking about this person. And you know you are not happy with the person. Honor means I will genuinely respect you. This is how to build good community among ourselves. This is what God has called us to build. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 1. I will read from Good's Word translation. I, you know, I, I saw some translations that are very good. Never use ash words when you call older man, but talk to him as if he were your father. Talk to younger men as if they were your brothers. Old women as if they were your mothers. And younger women as if they were your sisters. When you honor someone, you don't talk to them harshly. Be, but let me just say it the way it is. Being frank is not the same thing as being rude. There is a way you can talk to someone frankly and not be rude. Is somebody with me? God expects us to use kind words. Words that will not tear one another down. That is the kind of words that God expects us to use with one another. You know? One of the man who handles, the brother who handles our CCTV in church. Today is a pastor in one of the leading denominations in Nigeria. 
So he shared the story with me. That, do you know I didn't know that they were going to appoint me as a pastor? But you see what honor can do when you genuinely value relationship. Even when, you see, let me say this. Even for whatever reason you have to change a job, maybe change a church, move from the church you were to the church, a new church. There, are, there can be reason why you have to change church or change a job or change things. But you see, don't close those doors with a bang. All right? Don't. Changing a job does not mean you should lose the relationship you have. Because it's a relationship should be for life. You should learn, even if you leave a church, live well. Some walk away from pastors who have pastored them for years without even saying thank you. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, it that repaired evil for good. Evil will not depart from his house. Somebody has helped you through your season, you know, through a season of your life. Now you are, maybe you feel that no, this relationship cannot be there. At least appreciate the person. Live in such a way that should you ever need that person again, right? You will be able to reach out to the person. So this brother said to me, he used to live in Lagos here, but when he married, he had to relocate to um, Ibafo area of Lagos to settle down. Now, he attends a church that is so popular. So, then there's this church beside him. The, the church also has a branch beside him. So, meanwhile, his own main church is at Pangrove, and the wife was heavily pregnant. It was also because during the week, Lagos, you know, this beggar, they are doing it, so the, the traffic there is so much, so he can't go there. So he began to go to the one beside his house, the same denomination, and they gave themselves wholly to serving God in that branch. Whilst on Sunday, he didn't make his way back to the main branch. He was doing it all utterly. Then, the one he only attends, I think, on Tuesday and Thursday, which was close to his house, the pastor said he was going, the pastor of that brand said he was going to be traveling out of the country to UK with his family. So, but the pastor just came to him and said, the Lord showed him that he's going to be the one to take over from him. Remember, he's just a brother. He, he just even joined that one, that branch. That was not, his main church is at Pangro. And he was shocked. Normally in that church, you need to become a brother and become a deacon. Then before you can become a pastor. And to become a pastor, you need to go through some training. And you have to, but all those things, they were going to overlook that process. Now, finally, do you know what happened? So they had to say, we need the contacts of the person that can recommend you from where you are at that Pangrove place. Now watch. He has currently in that place, he is working with another pastor. The pastor he was working with before had been moved from that branch to the another higher position where he is now a most senior person in that denomination. All right? In fact, the general overseer of that church, all right, the, the place he was pastoring was where they now moved the pastor of, the pastor he was working with before to, to go and pastor. So you will know that the pastor had really gotten higher. 
So he said to him, and meanwhile, he had not worked with this other pastor maybe for about five years, for a long time. So he just said to him that, he said, instead of giving them the current pastor that just came there, because that one is new, he decided to give them the, when he mentioned the name of this man, everybody knows him because he's a top person. Who is now, you know, anybody that will take over a branch from the general overseer, and they, you know, you should know that it must be somebody that even the general overseer would know. Okay. So when they heard the name, they were surprised. So he gave them and they called that man. Remember, he's no longer working directly with that man. And when they mentioned his name, the, hey, hello, daddy, uh, this brother, Kenneth, do you know he said, Kenneth, my son? And the man began to rain recommendation for him. The man spoke and spoke well about him. That was the only thing that happened. After they dropped the call, he became the pastor of that branch. After, in fact, he said, the day they were going to do his ordination, the, a woman who is now like the assistant of the wife of the general overseer of that denomination, who is very close, that was the one that came. Because they realized that the case of this guy is so different. Now, what is making favor to answer for him was the fact, imagine when he was working with that other man and that he had just said, maybe, are you saying that there would not have been issues? There would have been several issues. But he honored the man, not knowing that one day the, the phone call of that man is what is going to be needed to collapse time for him. And by, so what's supposed to take him five years even took him less than one week. Why? Because of a phone call. Imagine he had not honored that man. Imagine he had not treated that relationship well. He would have continued to live his life in struggle. Do you know how many people are living in struggle today? Just because they refuse to honor people in their life that God has sent to them. They, when they look down on people, they close a door with a bang. Recently, someone who was um, not in our church again, but we greatly helped that person, needed something. And the person went to go and talk to somebody that even I introduced to the lady. And what the lady needed was no longer available. And guess the only place the thing is available, at least in this area. We had that thing in church. Not, it was not even in you. We had that small printer in church. It's not even in use anymore. No, not that it's not in use. We don't really need it. But this lady needed this same thing, all right, for a major project, all right, that was going to fetch her money. But because you see, when she was maybe living here, she closed the door with a very big bang. Bah! You know? And said a lot of rubbish online and offline about us. Now, but guess what? The person you are going to meet is still the person I have introduced to you. So I didn't even know. So one day I just got um, talking with this person. And this person said, sir, pastor, do you know that this lady called me? I said, what for? He said, she needed this printer for this and that. I just laughed. Of course, I am not in the business of running you down. But I said, now you see, what she could have just made a phone call to. So say, please, can I get this printer? She's not able to make that phone call. Why? Because she felt that that relationship was never going to be useful again in her life. Relationship has a lot to do with our destiny. No relationship is useless. If, they, if Joseph had treated the butler wrongly, 
he will have remained in prison for the rest of his life. If it will have taken another arrangement from God to bring Joseph out, he needed the butler who is standing before Pharaoh to just say there is a man in prison who can do this job. Those are what we call referral helper. What if he just looked down on him as a butler? Say, you this butler, what you know? Not be just to serve drink. Come on, get away. Just like some of us will do. Not knowing that that butler owes the key to him becoming the prime minister in that country. There are some butlers in our life that we have maltreated. There are some butlers in our life that you, we took for granted. There are some butlers that we felt would never be useful again. But that butler owes the key to your palace. And when you take them for granted, yeah, when you take those butlers for granted, you see that a lot of destiny remain in prison today because they felt that they would never need the butler again. They felt that they had no, we are, we are looking for Pharaoh. We don't look for butler. So we don't need butlers. One day I was here. I was cleaning the premises of the church myself. Because there, I, I, there, were, I just, there was nobody those days to clean. The, you know. So I just, even when there are people, when I see that there's nothing wrong in the house of God. So I was just cleaning. Then a man walked in. I am looking for the pastor of this church. So I decided to play along. I said, hey, hello, sir. So the pastor, all right, where for? So no, 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 don't, don't ask me anything. I said, I look for the, I'm, he's my friend. I'm looking for the pastor of this church and, and you, you are talking to me. Like, I said, hello, sir. So please, do you have an appointment? What, what, what kind of foolish question is that? Do you know who I am? Come, go and call me the pastor of the church. So sir, it's not around, all right? You, you, you will need to see his, um, so what do you mean? Of course, if I say it's not right, because he didn't mention any pastors, and there are plenty pastors, but I know what he was trying to talk about. But I looked at him. Ordinarily, I don't even know him. And he does not know me. But do you know why he was looking down on me? Because he came to the premises, saw me cleaning the church compound, and could not have imagined that the pastor of the church will be the one cleaning the compound. So you see, looking at that cleaner, the cleaner that he met in church is totally not a useful person. But he didn't know that the cleaner was also the senior pastor. So I looked at him. Of course, I didn't introduce myself to him because I know that this one will not go far in life. Why? He's someone that looks down on people based on their position. Do you know that the person sitting beside you may be the next governor of Lagos? The person you just looked away from may be the next greatest person. When we come to church, let's know that it's a place we'll build genuine relationship. You see, that is why we don't joke with this coming event in two weeks, Intercontinental Sunday. Intercontinental Sunday, what is it? It's not about the dance we are dancing. No. It's not about the song we are coming to sing. It's not about the dress. If you like, wear the only dress you have, nobody will send you back. But do you know what we are doing? We are going back to the basis that church is about building community so in that your small group you know i've seen so many funny dance last sunday i saw a particular group the man was dancing like this i said that's the spirit that's the spirit and the rest of those people were clapping for him i said that's the spirit because why we are a community and we know when we come with that, people look down on us. Whether you are the MP of that bank, or you are the manager of this, or you are a butler, that day we all sit down together and we eat together as a family. We celebrate together and we love one another. Say with me, I will build relationship. I will treasure them. 
I will not look down on people. Now look at your player and say, I honor you. Say, I will honor you. Say, I will not look down on you. Put your hand together for Jesus. Stand to your feet. Now lift your hands and say, Lord, I thank you. I receive the wisdom to love the lost and to build community. Go ahead and just, I will honor. I will honor. Shatter the Becketa, say, Lord.